the biggest thing that you can do to at least get a better understanding of what's going on with your money is tracking where your money goes. Mm-hmm. I personally use Mint, and Mint tracks all my spending. I do too. Yeah. yeah, and for me, seeing all my spending in one place helps me see where it's going. And then, like Brandon uses the Excel, whatever it takes. And then you look at those things, and you're able to say, okay, cool. This line item, I don't really need this anymore. I should chuck this out of my life. Or you know what? I can shop this line item around and probably save some money. So I think seeing it all in one place helps for that. Welcome to Dad Splaining, a weekly chronicle of all the weirdest, messiest, grossest, and funniest parts of fatherhood hosted by two first-time dads. I'm Jesse. And I'm Brandon. And this week we are talking with Joel from the How to Money podcast. We're going to be talking about financial planning, spending, saving, investing uh, when you've got a kid in the picture. So for all of you first-time and upcoming parents who are trying to figure out what in the world am I going to do to save money for college and all that fun stuff, uh, we'll have some tips for you. But before we get into all of that, Brandon, if our listeners want to reach out to us with questions or comments, where could they find us? Please give us a like or follow on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Dadsplaining Podcast. You can send us an email at dadsplainingpodcast at gmail.com, and then you can catch this and every episode anywhere you get your podcasts. Well, you guys aren't on TikTok yet? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wanted to, but then it got banned, Joel. Okay. Like, oh, what yeah. are, what are we going to do? You're right. Uh, That's my bad. China. Uh. <laughs> hey, but we're on Vine. No, we're not on Vine. There's no Vine anymore. <laughs> no hey, we're on Vine. the gram, okay? That's what the <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? we're the on gram. the gram. We tried to get on Periscope once. It went very poorly, so we're not doing that again. Uh, but I just so- try to put the things on the line. <laughs> on, on the line. On the line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay, so, folks, uh, we post new episodes every Monday morning right around 4 or 5 a.m., so subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice so you can get those in your feed and you don't have to worry about downloading them yourself. And if you would be so kind, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to help us connect with more parents. So we are going to get right to it this morning. Joel Larsgaard, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Of course. So if you folks are not familiar with Joel, Joel is the host of the How to Money podcast and has been for a couple of years, and he is also the producer of the Clark Howard Show. Did I get your title right, That's producer? right. Yep, that's awesome. it. Yeah, and uh, Clark Howard, of course, known nationwide uh, as a financial expert and just a really great guy. I run into him here at the WSB studios. I must hurt. <laughs> oh, but, oh. <laughs> but oh, all right, starting early with the dad jokes. <laughs> uh, but Joel is coming to us today as uh, just a really smart guy and someone who knows his money. And coming from, uh, at least speaking for me personally, someone who does not know his money, um, we are going to have uh, a lot of questions for you. So, Joel, I wanted to start off asking, um, so when you had your first kid, what did you already have in place in terms of uh, sort of a money plan or money practices? And then how did you start coming up with adjusting that to fit your new family? Sure. Yeah. So I, I was I've, I've like because I've been working in the money media space for almost 15 years now. It, it's something, you know, saving and investing was already on my radar. Um, I've got a, a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and, and a one-year-old as well. So I was already, you know, an, enough years into building up my savings and thinking about the future um, that I was somewhat prepared. But you're never really fully prepared to have a kid in almost any sense and financially either. But it, it does change things quite a bit, right? And, and the costs begin to add up, in particular, if you have to start thinking about childcare or if... Uh, one of, one of the spouse or partner uh, wants to stay at home when you have a kid. Like there are all these other things at play. And so that was something that my wife and I had started considering ahead of time. And one of the things we chose to do was we weren't sure whether my wife wanted to stay at home even yet. 
Um, but we wanted to prepare for that possibility at least. And so we had started investing in rental properties. So like every two years, it was our goal to buy another rental property, essentially to develop a part-time income so that it just gave us that flexibility and that possibility. And and so, yeah, that was something that we intentionally did over a number of years. And so by the time our first kid rolled around, um, we had two, uh, well, I guess we just had one, and then we were quickly got into our second. And that provided just like this other leg of income for us, another just stream of income so that uh, my wife did eventually decide, you know what, I do want to stay home for, for a few years with the kids. Um, and it's 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 not going to be a forever thing, but for now, it's great. And the rental properties are a big part of, of you know, allowing us to continue to keep a similar lifestyle without having to, and, and allowing us then to also make that decision. That's really interesting. How hard was that to get into that space? Did you know anything about running before you went into it? I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot doing it. But, uh, you know, it's again, it's one of those things that I started to research going into it. But, um, but you learn a lot on the fly, managing the rentals and it really like the great thing is there's anything you want to learn about these days there's there's so many resources whether you want to learn about fatherhood um, there's a podcast for that or whether you want to learn this about one. yeah exactly right <laughs> thank you for that plug <laughs> or whether you want to learn about money rental properties and so yeah there's just some incredible resources it took some time um, but that was like that was one thing and then of course it's it's just it, it's it's essentially cutting your expenses at the same time so that you have more wiggle room more breathing room um, because you've got another mouth to feed formula it's not cheap no it's uh, not <laughs> right so it's all those kind of things. So you just need to start changing your budget. And I would say change your budget months and months and months ahead of time. Like start preparing for that thing. Um, just like you would be preparing for uh, someone to, to stay at home. If, if that were the case, you want to be preparing for the increased cost of having a child. That includes the birth and that includes, you know, everything after up and up in including childcare, which can cost, I don't know what, uh, $15,000 a year for a lot of people. I mean, yeah. it, it, it can run up to that much if you're getting full-time childcare. So, or more. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the kind of costs you need to start thinking about and preparing for and kind of uh, banking uh, some of those savings ahead of time. Yeah. Brandon and I have both talked about uh, the childcare costs in particular um, because we're in part-time childcare right now, but we were in full-time Childcare before the pandemic, and I mean, yeah, t uh, monthly tuition I think was like fifteen hundred dollars yeah. a month for us. It was crazy. Um, Brandon, I so I'll admit, like coming up right off the bat, I'm kind of the financially stupid one in the relationship. Uh, my wife has more of the brains when it comes to the money, and so like you could ask me, hey, where is your money, and like where is it going, and I wouldn't be able to give you a coherent <laughs> answer. But my wife could Brandon, um between the two of you between you and your wife austin who is the uh who is the money person yeah we did a good job i think of kind of sharing it because we were both in the same place that you were jesse maybe still are mm -hmm. uh and that's why we're glad you married your wife yeah. uh so that she can take <laughs> care of you yeah but <laughs> we we both tried to figure it out together i think that's what really helped and you know to take kind of from joel's thoughts there just you know layering onto it do it together is going to be very helpful. Like maybe one of you is just much busier than the other job, whatever's going on, you know, it's fine to kind of designate one person to, to get a hold of things for sure. But I think it helps as a couple, since we're talking about parents as well, just to be in the the mix together, at least to the level where you're both understanding what's happening mm -hmm. um, in terms of, you know, whether you're talking about rent, mortgages, like your common bills, um, all that kind of stuff. What helped me is a couple of things um, is like putting a list together of my main expenses and then figuring out like on a monthly basis, for me, it always helped like on a monthly basis to know, say how much I'm getting in salary and then how much I'm paying in expenses. And then I could kind of get a feel for how much 
you know, leftover income I was pulling in so that I could understand, okay, could I use this money to invest? Could I use this money to save for a house? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so, I mean, I started with just good old Excel spreadsheet and just putting down expenses. Yeah. And then something that I found really valuable very early on, um, and this is kind of uh, similar to what you were talking about as well, Joel, like thinking about, you know, income, passive income that you can develop was we went to a financial planner very early in our relationship. Um, and we've worked with a financial planner since, you know, before we even bought our first house. So, you know, we were married at 23, which is very young, <laughs> younger than, than a lot of people these days, maybe. And we probably started, you know, investing and having a financial plan with somebody we paid to, to help us with that, you know, by the time we were maybe 25 or 26. Mm. Um, and so, I mean, now, you know, we're only 30. Um, and so, you know, we haven't been saving or investing for a very long period of time, but like we have very healthy, you know, 401ks, we have very, um, we have, you know, side investments through mutual funds, which are generally considered not to be too volatile, um, and kind of, you know, nice, generous return every year, you know, around 7% average. So I mean, there's a lot to that, I would just say, talk to somebody like Joel, talk yeah. to somebody who or can help somebody you figure like it Brandon, out. my goodness, talk to somebody like Brandon, and uh, <laughs> talk to talk to somebody who knows, you know, Jesse says he doesn't uh, maybe know what's going on. And that's perfectly fine. You don't have to be a whiz. Um, you know, yeah. I, I found early on that, you know, if you don't know something, you can, <laughs> it sounds silly, but you can pay somebody to, to do it for you, or you can pay mm -hmm. somebody to help you. Well, um, that's been really helpful for me. That's one of the problems too, when it comes to the conversation around money is oftentimes it's steeped in secrecy. And there's a there's a level to which the financial services industry wants wants it to be difficult and wants to make it sound difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's not that there isn't uh, a level of persistence that you have to have in in the pursuit of knowledge in regards to money. Um, but it really is simpler than most people think that it is. And so I would encourage people, yeah, th like pick up a good financial book or two um, and and read those or find a good financial podcast that can help you learn some of the ropes. Because ultimately, like at once some of those, those big time terms get a little demystified, I think um, that's one of the biggest things that can help people is, oh, wow, it just feels so much more accessible and simple than it did before. Before it felt like this mountain I had to climb um, when really it's, it's just... It's it's more akin to a molehill than it is mm -hmm. a mountain, really. I, I mean, yeah. and, and so, yeah, I just encourage people just to get going and start learning some stuff because, um, yeah, it's really, it's not as difficult as a lot of people would want you to believe it is. Yeah, and it's something that uh, in an episode that you guys did, I think a couple of months ago, you talked about the importance of keeping your money simple, not yeah. overcomplicating it, um, because really then it becomes easier to understand and easier to feel confident that you know what's going on. And I think especially for new parents and upcoming parents, because there's already this huge weight of what do I not know about parenting? Like, what right. am I not, what do I need to learn about having a baby, about taking care of a newborn, that kind of stuff? You don't want to then throw on all of this complicated knowledge of investments and, you know, and, and all these other things. So I think keeping it simple, like you've said many times before, is is super important. So speaking of simple and speaking of new parents, um, for parents just starting off, you know, you're planning ahead for the hospital visit for delivery day, or you're just coming home from the hospital and realizing you don't have a plan. What is one simple thing that they can do to kind of get started? Is it creating a budget spreadsheet? Is it downloading the right app? Is it going to a financial planner? Like what is uh, the best way to get off on the right foot? So I think seeing a financial planner at some point in your life is a worthwhile thing to do. But I would say there are so many things that you can do 
before you get to that point. And one of the, you mentioned budgeting or using an app. I think that's huge. I think the biggest thing that you can do to at least get a better understanding of what's going on with your money is tracking where your money goes. Mm -hmm. And so I think whether you're using an app or whether you're going brand in the style with an old school Excel spreadsheet, that's fine. It doesn't matter. Whatever works best for how your brain is wired is, I would say, go for that. I personally use Mint, and Mint tracks all my spending. I do too. Yeah. yeah, and for me, seeing all my spending in one place helps me see where it's going. And then, like Brandon uses the Excel, whatever it takes. And then you look at those things, and you're able to say, okay, cool. This line item, I don't really need this anymore. I should chuck this out of my life. Or you know what? I can shop this line item around and probably save some money. So I think seeing it all in one place helps for that. Um, and then at the same time, I would, I think, if you're going to use another app, I really love the app YNAB. You need a budget. And that's a really, really cool app in particular because it helps to try to change your behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's trying to help you get not just paycheck to paycheck with your budget, but it's trying to help you pay for um, this month's expenses with last month's dollars that you earned. And so they're trying to help you get ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for a lot of people, they need that software kick in the butt that's super helpful um, to to doing better with your money. And I think think YNAB, I think uh, think it's like $89 a year or $85 a year. Mm totally worth it because most people yeah. have a really hard time sticking to a budget um, and and they're, and if you can pay a, a small fee for the year. Six, right? seven bucks a month, yeah, basically. That's going to help you stick to that budget and actually encourage you in mm-hmm. that and help you. And, and here's the other thing about budgets. It, I feel like it's a four-letter word for most people. They're like, oh, budget. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk about a budget again. Budgets suck. I don't want to do that. They think that it, it confines your ability to use the money in the way you want to. It's actually the opposite. And I think that's a really important thing to mention to people is that if you have a budget, the budget is helping you actually achieve and reach those bigger goals that you have as a family. Um, Whether it's being able to set aside enough money where you feel comfortable then having a child or whether it's uh, setting aside enough money for that vacation and not having to put it on a credit card, knowing that with peace of mind that you can take that vacation as a family. It's those kind of things that a budget can help you with. It actually helps curb the spending on the things that wreck your budget that you're like, oh man, how did we how did we get out of line last month? I don't even know. Um, and, and that's like the way it is for most people. They forget, but it was the pizza that you ordered on a Thursday because you didn't meal plan. Yeah. You know, or it yeah. was the gym membership that you still are still paying for even though you haven't gone in yeah, eight months. In months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's those kind of things that wreck your budget. And so you need to have an eye on it. You need to be tracking it and then hopefully plugging it into some sort of software that can help mm-hmm. you make sense of it too. That's awesome. And so folks, that's yeah. Uh, YNAP, Y-N-A-P, right? Y-N-A-B, YNAP, you need a budget. Um, And I'm guessing that's like Google Play Store, iPhone, Apple Store. I think you can just go to YNAB.com. YNAB, YNAB, Y-N-A-B. Yeah, I I definitely feel the freeing effect of uh, planning out the budget. Like, I don't like to do it either. And I don't spend a lot of time on it anymore because I've kind of gone through it. I bothered to set up a spreadsheet once upon a time. And (laughs) so I got comfortable with understanding, you know, what my in and out, you know, expenses and earnings were, and then you have that familiarity and you just know, okay, here's about how much wiggle room I've got. And then maybe you work through some planning and then you can kind of put parts of it on autopilot, you know, and you understand how to set up automatic payments and all these kinds of things so that your money's coming in and out and it's going the places you want it to go. Yeah. And that was really helpful for me in the different life stages. Um, those are the things we think about, right? Like having a kid, uh, getting a house, or an apartment or some kind of big expenditure, car loans. And it always helped me because if you have your kind of base budget, 
where you understand your, you know, earnings and your expenses, you can see your wiggle room and you can say, okay, what if I plugged in $15,000 a year and I break that down into monthly payments of, you know, $1,500, I can see, can I afford to take a $1,500 hit a month or whatever it is? And does that still work within my budget? If so, okay, great. Maybe now, you know, we're in a financially stable enough place to start uh, planning for the kid. Or if it's a down payment, you know, let's say uh, when I was moving from, you know, I recently moved at the beginning of this year from one house to another, I knew that was going to be a jump in the cost. And so I went in my, again, my monthly expenses and I said, okay, let me, you know, increase my expected monthly mortgage. Let me increase my taxes and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like do some of the um, scenario planning, basically, like you don't always know before you get into the situation exactly how much it's going to cost, but you can do some some good guesswork. And it kind of gave me the confidence to say, okay, here's about what my comfortable range is. You know? And I just think putting it on paper, putting it on an app, talking to a planner, like it, that, that freedom to open it up and say, okay, here's how much I can afford really, you know, gives you the the strength that you're looking for. Exactly. Folks, I, I hope y'all are taking notes. Like, I feel like I'm getting a free seminar here. I'm going to go <laughs> back and listen to this podcast after I'm done recording it, uh, just so I can kind of get this information because it's all so good. And I wanted to kind of pivot to looking ahead uh, with the kids when mm-hmm. it comes to planning for college and those kinds of long-term expenses yep. um, because this is actually a good question we got from our listener Brad uh, who's in Canada so some you know some sort of financial structures are a little different there sure. and rules and things like that but he's, he's asking for general advice for saving for a child's education along with retirement savings putting money aside for emergency funds that kind of thing and and one kind of thing I want to throw in there is something I heard Clark Howard say uh, one time which might have been in passing or it might have been on his show which when is, you ran into him yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> you know in the hallway you know not to not to boast Um, But, uh, you know, he says, you know, when you're looking at retirement and when you're looking at uh, your kid's college fund, his idea was put money in your retirement fund first because you can get scholarships for your kid. There are no scholarships for retirement. So when you're looking at those two uh, things that are, you know, 18 years off for the kid and maybe 25, 30 years, 35 years ahead for you, Joel, um, where do you start? Like, what are you looking for to get everything kind of set up and going there? Yeah, so I, I do think that there's probably a little bit too much of a guilt trip that parents place on themselves when it comes to saving for their kids' college. And um, I I love the idea if you have the ability to save money for yourselves and for your own future, your own family's future, to invest for your own retirement. And if you have money left over on top of that and you're like, I want to save for my kids' college, a 529 plan, at least in the United States, is the way to go. I'm not, um, the US financial system is complex enough to understand, much less trying to understand other countries. So sometimes our listeners reach out and they're like, I'm in Ukraine or Canada. And can you, can you like help me with, with, and I'm like, uh, sorry, like yeah. it's <laughs> complex enough to understand here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, so I would say a 529 plan is a great way to save for your kids' college. Yep. It's awesome. It, it, just the the caveat being you have to make sure that your own, like on an airplane, right, that your own oxygen mask is put on before you put it on your kids. Right? And that feels like a weird thing to do, too. You're like, I should save my <laughs> child first. Um, but if, if you're not breathing in uh, you know, air properly, you can't help them evacuate in the case of an emergency. And so um, it, it's one of those things where, yeah, you really need to be diligent about investing in your workplace retirement plan or in you know your own personal retirement account. Um, I'm a fan of the Roth IRA in particular mm-hmm. um, and in low-cost, broadly diversified index funds. And if you're able to do that consistently over the decades, like you will be able to meet your goals for retirement. And then you know eventually, hopefully, you can start saving for your kids' college too. Uh, but yeah, just know that it's not not top priority. Those other things are top priority. And don't feel guilty about it because, like you said, there are scholarships for retirement. There are other ways 
to get college paid for. Your kids can choose a cheaper school. I think that's too one of the things that parents are going to have to come to grips with is having some honest conversations with their kids about the cost of college as cost of skyrocketed. I mean, obviously, we're in a really interesting time where we're going to get a better idea about the value proposition of college. Um, and I think, you know, the, the value of college is high for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. less high than it used to be. And it's not for everybody. Uh, we're seeing a rise in blue collar work and the importance of blue collar work and the pay um, mm-hmm. associated with blue collar work. And so a lot of people could essentially uh, forgo the four or five year college experience where they accrue a lot of debt um, and then hoping for a job. Like yeah. I think what a third or, or a fourth of college graduates don't uh, find a job that employs the use of their degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you went to school, you accrued a lot of debt, and then you're you're stuck at a job that you could have gotten right out of high school. Yeah. Um, and those are the kind of difficult situations that people find themselves in. So I think it, it takes just a little more honest conversations with our kids as they're growing up, getting closer to college. You know, here's here's where you should go. You should go to a, a local technical college or a local community college. Um, I think you're really good with your hands. Maybe you should think about doing um, do, doing something. You know, where you're using skills that, that you've been given. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as opposed to trying to go to college and put a square peg in a round hole. So those are the kind of conversations that need to be had. And saving for college is a great idea if you can. Um, but also don't put that pressure on yourself. I love that. And uh, it's a great point. I'm of the somewhat controversial opinion that you can get a really good education pretty much anywhere with yeah. some exceptions. You don't have to go to the top school. Um, you know, it, there are good teachers everywhere. Um, there are good environments everywhere. It's not just at the high cost private colleges kind of thing. It's really more about, in my opinion anyway, what you put into it and what you bring to the table and how committed you are to getting that education. So that is a a good conversation um, to have with your kids. Um, And then you spoke a moment ago about index funds. And for someone uh, like me who is not financially illiterate, uh, (laughs) but when it comes to some terms, I have to kind of turn around and Google things on my phone. So looking at investments um, for parents who haven't been in that game before, where do you go to learn the basics? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I guess the there's a really great book on one of my favorite investing books. If you wanted to to check that out, it's called The Simple Path to Wealth, mm-hmm. um, and it's by the author J.L. Collins, and he, and he talks about why you should take this simple approach to investing. And really, he's an advocate, and I agree with him of just a, a one or two fund approach to your retirement. And I think for most people. The the hoops that you have to jump through to try to and and the complexity you could add into it it feels like you should be doing more and the the most interesting thing about is investing is that the best investors um, often especially when it comes to uh, the stock market they just don't have to do very much and the mm-hmm. less you do actually the better you do the less you touch your funds um, the more they're going to just grow over time just stick money in and then don't pay attention to what's happening uh, <laughs> and that's kind of weird advice but yeah. it's true because the more you pay attention the more you see the wild swings or the volatility like let's say in March you mm-hmm. uh, you mid-March this year you opened your 401k statement and you're like Oh my gosh! This is a thirty percent drop. I should make a move. I should change something. No, you shouldn't. Hmm. Like that's that's um, the thing is staying the course over decades is what's going to build wealth. Not making changes mm-hmm. um, when things are happening in the market. And so, um, yeah, I would suggest that book. And then I would suggest too uh, look look into um, just when when you're thinking about what funds to invest in. Th- there are a couple things that you want to consider. One is the cost. Uh, the cost of a fund is going to make a massive difference on your ability to build wealth over time. And then, uh, is it widely diversified? 
you don't want to own just Tesla stock, right? And I mean, if you own Tesla stock over the last few years, you're doing quite well. Uh-huh. Um, but then there, there are all other sorts of uh, companies and and specific investments you could point to. That's like it looks really good, um, and then it doesn't until it doesn't, right? And mm-hmm. and that's because of the competitive nature of of the marketplace, which is a good thing. And so we would say, I would say, I'm not smart enough to pick which stock I should be investing in or which ones are going to be the home runs over the next um, three, five, ten years. So I invest in all of them. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that, I think that's a, a really good approach. So whether it's a total stock market fund, a total world stock market fund, or if, if you're talking about a target date retirement fund, which essentially changes as you get closer to retirement, but it's a mix of stocks and bonds. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I like those kinds of broad-based investing strategies. Low cost, widely diversified, and don't think about it too much beyond that, except for when you can increase and then start investing uh, more than you're already doing. So, Joel, we're about out of time today. Um, now, kind of moving from the realm of money to just parenting in general, yeah. I like to ask this to every guest we get on the show. Um, what was the best piece of advice you got as a new dad or if you didn't get any good advice, what is the one thing you wish someone had told you when you were just starting out in the parenting game? So I know I got some good advice, but I think the thing that I realized the most being a dad <laughs> that I don't think anybody told me ahead of time, um, but it is that you should apologize to your kids. Um, I think that's such like a powerful thing when I'm able to tell my kids like, hey, daddy messed that up um, and I'm really sorry. Or I was impatient there, and I really, really shouldn't have been, and I'm sorry. Those kind of moments go a long way in building trust and creating just a a relationship where my kids can then feel okay to confess when they've done something wrong, or you know. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think that builds a really healthy relationship um, between father daughter, father son, mother daughter, mother son, and it just. So yeah, I would just say be okay to tell your kid when you've been wrong. Um, I think that's I think that's good. That's healthy. It's not you. You know, it doesn't always have to be this top down sort of thing. Um, and when you can, just apologize. I think it, it goes a long way. Okay, that is A, super insightful and super important, and B, that's an answer we've never gotten okay, uh, right. asking uh, asking this to yeah. guests on the show. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm totally on board with that. Um, and side note, I always like to plug the cartoons my kid is watching. And uh, right now we're watching this Australian cartoon show on Disney Plus called Bluey. About a f- You like Bluey? Oh my gosh. Oh, I love Bluey. It's so um, good. It's so what? fantastic. What is this? Uh, so Bluey, look it up, Brandon. So Bluey, it to me. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Bluey is a family of dogs. It's two little girl dogs and their parents. And Bluey is the, the older sister and Bingo is the younger sister. And they're always getting into all kinds of crazy antics. But what I love so much about it is that the parents are portrayed in a really real sort of way. Completely. Very flawed. Uh, hmm. fun loving but also knowing when to be firm but also what I love about it is that uh, the parents apologize mm. when they do something wrong oh, wow. like when the, the dad is playing too rough with the little girl the little girl says you were playing too rough with me so, okay I'm sorry I got that one wrong you know uh, I'll, I'll mm. work with you on that and so, the dad is genuinely hilarious oh my in god show. <laughs> and, and the wow. episode where All the right, little girls are playing the grannies right it's yeah it's there's it's good stuff anyway. you don't even have to have your kids around to watch it like that's, oh, yeah. that's how good it is we leave it on after the kid goes to bed yeah <laughs> I'm on vacation. I'm just going to go watch that right now. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, Daniel Tiger, dad and mom, they don't mess up. Daniel Tiger, dad and mom are always perfect. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're always teaching the lessons, right? Although, yeah. I, I've said this before, the Daniel Tiger family, they have tiger print curtains hanging in their house. Are those tiger skins? Is that grandma <laughs> and grandpa tiger? What is going on in that tiger family? Is That's that adorbs what I or is it creepy? Yeah, also, exactly. They don't wear pants except when it's pajamas. What's up with that? <laughs> 
what's up with that? So many okay? questions. Just think about that for a minute. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Joel, this has been good. Yeah. And I think uh, wrapping it up, you know, um, to demystify is probably one of the bigger points um, that Joel and, and everyone in this conversation was trying to help us think about. It doesn't have to be a big mountain. We can be small steps. A uh, little bit could go a long way. Choose your favorite metaphor here. Mm-hmm. But like just kind of get a plan going, get thinking about it and pull in some help. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, help like Joel, um, who has helped me certainly today. So Joel, uh, where can our listeners find you in the How to Money podcast? Sure. Yeah, wherever they're listening to this podcast, just type in How to Money in the search bar. You can find it there. Um, you can go to howtomoney.com. We've got all of our our episodes are up there and as well as like some helpful articles um, trying to help people save money, think about money differently. Um, that's what we're all about. So we, yeah, we post, uh, we have three episodes a week, mm-hmm. which is a lot. That's uh, a lot. That's <laughs> a lot more than we do. Yeah, but it's fun, man. We love talking about money. Like it's yeah. me and my best buddy, Matt. And um, and so, yeah, getting to create something with a good friend mm-hmm. um, is just a joy and to, to get to help people at the same time. It's yeah. like best of all worlds. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, we can relate. And, you know, just speaking as someone who's listened to the podcast, I highly endorse you guys, highly approve. Um, it's a it's a very educational podcast, but it's endlessly listenable too. like it's very clear that you guys are having fun. And I think that's one of the most important parts of a good podcast. What yeah. makes it good is that the hosts are actually enjoying what they're talking about. And uh, you and Matt definitely do that. So hats off to you. Thanks, man. Okay. So that is uh, about our time with Joel today. Once again, Joel Larsgaard from the How to Money podcast. Joel, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I uh, would love to have you back on sometime. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So that'll do it for this week's episode of Dad's Planning. Uh, Brandon, between this week and next week, where can our listeners get in touch with us? Please give us a like or a follow on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Dad's Planning Podcast. You can also join our Facebook group, mm-hmm. Dad's Planning a Parenting Group. We talk more in depth and we share lots of memes. Yep. And then you can drop us an email, dadsplanningpodcast at gmail.com. And then you can get this in every episode anywhere you get your podcasts yeah. and before folks- you get the How to Money podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get both. Get both. And and folks, like, don't be afraid to reach yeah. out to us. Like, Send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Send us an email. We love talking to people and answering questions and forming relationships with other parents all around the world. That is our thing. We are here for you we want to talk to you hit us up if you want to be on the show and tell your parenting story if you've got something interesting a lesson for other people something that you learned the hard way that you want other people to learn the easy way get in touch with us we would love to hear from you so uh next week we'll be back with another topic or another interview we are kind of improvising week to week right now but we've got some fun in store for you so until next week i'm jesse and i'm brandon and brandon what did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet uh, I have no idea. Supplies! <laughs> Instead of surprise. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I got, yeah, it hit, it hit. Oh, it landed, it hit. Yeah. Did it really? Because yeah. I don't think it hit. It didn't sound like a hit. People have been sticking around a little the whole bit of lag episode, there. waiting I was, for I was that. laughing in between. <laughs> sure, sure. All right, The folks. payoff just came. <laughs> and what a disappointing payoff for a financially <laughs> oh, themed supplies. episode. Oh, supplies! Ah! Oh, you're... Ah! Now I get it. No, I'm kidding. Come on. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll see you next week. The advice and opinions expressed on Dadsplaining are solely those of its hosts and guests and should not be substituted for the advice of professionals. If you have a serious concern about the health or development of your child, please consult with your pediatrician. If you're experiencing an emergency, please call 911. Don't listen to us. We're really just good for dad jokes. If you're enjoying Dadsplaining, you might enjoy this other podcast from our friends here at WSB Radio. Hello, friends. This is Jared Yamamoto from The Power Pod, and we are a weekly recap show where we cover the current events of the week. And of course, during these times, COVID 19 
is on everybody's mind. We will cover the good, the bad, and the ugly regarding this crisis. We will be serious with the coronavirus, but we will also find ways to have fun with it as well. So be sure to check us out Saturdays from 11 to noon and Sunday mornings from 9 to 11 on 98.7 FM and AM 1340 WGAU or grab the PowerPod podcast on any of your favorite podcast providers or your favorite smart speaker.